This is the Extravagant Promises Podcast, and I'm your host, Gregory. extravagant promises? We think not. This is a podcast about reckoning, recovery, and redemption. We share our experience, our strength, and our hope. Tonight's episode is episode number 43, The 10 Most Dangerous Words. Before we get started, the usual suspects, four items. Number one, this is not an AA meeting. I wouldn't want to be accused, not that, I mean, who's going to accuse me, but but I wouldn't want anyone to think that I'm holding myself out as having a one-man AA meeting um, or that it's approved. It's not. It's an act of service. It's a way for you to get some 12 steps, for me to give some 12 steps, for me to give some recovery um, and to get some recovery. And that's that's what it is. I am contemplating having like minisodes or, or, or kind of, I don't know, they'd be much shorter, but, um, an episode that is more akin to an AA meeting, um, in which maybe I read the 12, uh, how it works and, um, you know, a daily reflection and then have a share on it, maybe a meditation moment and then wrap up. And that way, you know, if you really are somewhere and you, you, you know, you just need need to hear someone in the headphones reading how it works. Cool. Um, that might work. You know, it, it wouldn't be optimal. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to become AA on my own or anything like that. I'm just trying to serve. And I think, you know, that might be something where, hey, you listened. And, and actually, you know, if you shared and maybe maybe sent me a DM or, or an email with your share, um, that could be kind of cool. Uh I'm, I'm sure there are better platforms out there that are doing it much more effectively than that, but it was just an idea. We'll keep, stay tuned. Um, number two, not a mental health professional, have no medical training whatsoever, no psychological training, been to a lot of therapy and love it. Uh, but please, um, I definitely encourage you to have your own medical and psychological practice. Number three, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles over personalities. Please protect my anonymity. Um, please don't out me or dox me or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, this is an act of charity. I, I, I promise to those who hate AA or hate humanity or whatever, I I, um, this is an act of charity. No commercial gain is whatsoever is associated with this. Um, so I would just ask to be spared from, you know, hacking and, uh, attacks of any kind. There's just absolutely no commercial component to this and it is an act of charity. And so I ask that you please preserve my anonymity at all costs and I will clearly do the same for you. Number four this is, as I said, commercial free. I will not accept nor solicit uh, any kind of funding for this because this is a pure act of charity and service. That's what I want to do, and I hope it is valuable. 
So, on with the show. You know, I was kind of in a funky mood, and and I um <laughs> that that my my prelude, my kind of warm up here seems a little bit, you know, sort of. I I say it's like we're serving up a dish of blackened goldfish, you know, like for the. D- <laughs> I'm not scolding. I'm not advice given. I'm not opinion given. I'm just I'm just <laughs> trying to make sure that I'm not doing any harm here. So today I'd like to start out with a just a quote from December 12, which I believe is the date today, um, and uh, it's from More of the Language of Letting Go by Melody Beatty, which is an incredible book, and I really encourage everyone to have language of letting go more of the language of letting go and the book codependent no more fantastic um, resources for those of us uh, struggling and suffering and trudging the road of happy destiny Um, my sponsor actually gave me the book language of letting go and it was um, I really really do appreciate it so today at the end of her passage she says quote you're richer than you think. And then God help me remember that many ordinary moments when well lived add up to an extraordinary life. Ordinary moments when well lived add up to an extraordinary life. And that takes me to the um, the, the, the title of today's podcast, The Ten Most Dangerous Words. And I'd like to weave this into both our recovery and our um, and the, and our our cons, our current theme with the the holidays. So, the ten most dangerous words I've heard it said is the eight most dangerous words if you leave out the word other. But for me, it's what will other people say? What will other people think? You know, and you think about it that it can be the most inspiring words. I mean, in, in a guilt, really a shame-based society, um, there can be a lot of tremendous positive um, uh, benefits to society and to oneself based out of shame. I mean, I'm, I, I hate shame. I, I, I want to call myself the shame warrior because I spent a lifetime being shamed and have been publicly shamed, privately shamed. Um, humiliated, those kinds of things. But, you know, I, I don't want to overdo it to the point where we don't recognize that shame does have uh, the capacity to affect positive change. I would say it's negative. Like, you can do something positive with a negative tool. But um, but the point is, is that, you know, there are good things that come, can come out of what other people think, what other people say. Let's think of those two things right off the bat. Number one is the idea that it's a barometer. You know, like if you're kind of like, hey, what will other people say when they see this? You know, it, it, it can kind of be, you know, if, if your moral compass or your, or your personal barometer, your true north is, you know, is so solid and you are just so dialed in that there's absolutely no way you could ever um, – deviate from the righteous path well hey fuck it don't worry about what (laughs) don't worry about what other people think or say 
at the same time, I mean, you know, you can be like, man, you know, this is going to come off real bad. Maybe, hey, you know, does it need to be said now? Does it need to be said by me? You know, um, so maybe sometimes what other people think or what other people might think can be valuable to just, if you, if you consider it, you know, of, um, of your barometer. And likewise, you know, like we're saying, the, the positive aspect is, you know, I think of it in terms of like cowardice, you know, like if, if I'm going to take the cowardly route here, um, what other people think or what other people, you know, if I'm going to do something dishonorable, you know, we always like to, th we always like to think of it in terms of like, well, I'm going to fly my flag and I'm going to be me and I'm going to do all this good stuff and fuck what other people think, you know, um, you know, that's not what I'm saying. I like, you know, Hey, what if you're doing something that's not legit? What if you're doing something that may be counter to your program? What if you're doing, you know, um, you don't want to live for other people, but the fact that what other people might think about that, you know, you might lose respect. That's a thought that other folks have, you know, and if you're losing res the respect of other people, that might be something that's, that's ultimately, again, a shame-based kind of, um, platform or paradigm, but that leads to a positive outcome where you go, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to let my fellow man down. I don't want to let the guy next to me down, my teammate, my brother, my sister, whatever, you know, um, so that, that, those are two things that come to mind about like where I don't think it's fair to say just across the board, you know, I'm all out of fucks to give about what everybody thinks. You know, okay, well, you know, maybe you need to give a few more fucks about what other people think. There, I said it, okay? Good. Those are the two positive things. Now let's talk about really why they're dangerous. Um, you know, shame is so, it's so damaging I mean, there's so I see it constantly of people being afraid to ask for help because it's like I'm afraid that you're gonna say no. I'm afraid you're gonna belittle me. I'm afraid that people are gonna hear. You know, what what happens when people hear um, the truth? And um, I tell that story often because I think it it really does go with the holidays. I mean, think about how much shame is infused in our holidays and our practice and our program. I mean, oh my God, you know, it's, it's just, it's a horrible, it's a wonderful, beautiful time of year, but it is a horrible time of year as well. Am I right? I mean, you know, when you're alone, let me tell you something. Let me tell you a quick story. I spent my first sober Thanksgiving alone. Now I wasn't entirely alone that day. And for whatever reason, I think it was my disease, honestly. Like, I didn't, it never occurred to me to go to a meeting. It never occurred to me to go to an alcathon. And frankly, I, I'm, I'm kind of still wondering why, you know, why I didn't do that. Um, but my first sober Thanksgiving, I, um, I went and did hot yoga. And I remember um, the... You know, my, my mother, as I say, no, I, 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 I say it's like I have two mothers. I have, I have my biological mother um, who abused me, who is still in my life, who I have a relationship with, but it's very difficult. But um, is an abusive person who 
harmed me physically and emotionally um, and and pretty bad. And um, and then I had this woman who I consider to be my mother because she loved me without reservation and she never hurt me. Um, and the last few years of her life were um, consumed with Alzheimer's and or some sort of disease. And that's a whole different story and chapter about resentments that I have towards the disease and resentments that I have towards her caregivers at the time resentments I have towards myself for being like you know why didn't I do something um but she passed away um shortly after my 50th birthday and she was there was not a day of my memory without her in my life um until then so uh, you know, 50 years, I, I, she wasn't with me 50 years. She was with me 48. Um, but, um, my point being that, you know, I was sitting there in this hot yoga studio and they played simple man by, um, Leonard Skinner. It was like at the end, it was like, you know, be a simple kind of man. And, um, you know, I just started kind of losing it, you know, because I was like, what the fuck, you know, <laughs> like, I'm in a hot yoga studio alone on Thanksgiving Day, my fam, my, my, my family, even this woman, you know, they were all together without me, including my ex, you know, they were all up at a big holiday resort, you know, drinking, carousing, talking shit about me, um, at least that's what I've been told. Um, you know, and I'm sitting here just like, I'm not, I'm not being a simple man. You know, I'm not being, I'm, I've, I've let things get so far away from the basic goodness that, you know, I really, that was the time where it was darkest in my life, where it was like, I really just, at every single day was a struggle not to kill myself. And, um, you know, yeah, um, I just, the only thing that I didn't do was I didn't drink, you know, I didn't drink, I didn't use, I just was like, I'm just going to try to put one foot in front of the other and go to meetings and talk to my sponsor. And then that day, my sponsor did have me over for Thanksgiving and that was pretty incredible. Um, it was just so nice of him. And, uh, and then, you know, and then I was alone. And I wish that I just had the foresight. I don't know. You know, I still tell people and meet with the rooms like, I don't know why I didn't think of going to a meeting, you know, and, and they were like, you know, it's just, it's like, it's your disease, you know, that's like, Hey, don't think about that. But, you know, um, got a little coffee here while I'm on my new headset anyway. And, um, so yeah, that was tough. And the holidays suck, you know? I mean, it was just a lot of, you know, the drama. All the, It's like all the hopes and dreams, all the things you never you never did in life, all the family relationships you think you just wish could be good. And then you just got this lubricant of, to I mean, this like putrid toxic lubricant that just accelerates everything. If you're on it, everything's more intense and horrible. If you're off it, it's like you're disconnected from everybody, you know, who's drinking around. It's just, anyway, 
this is not the direction that I wanted this podcast to go. Is you know a, a, cry, a cry fest, a wine fest about uh, uh, wine and cheese party about uh, uh, the holidays, but no. And so 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 you know as we're sitting here and we're thinking about these concepts, you know, we think about what other people, how they behave, what, you know, we, what we want from others, you know, what we want is support. We want someone to tell you that's a good idea, you know, but we're also so shame-based that we're, we're, you know, it's just a complicated mess. So, um, so here we are, you know, here we are again, we're in the holidays, we're in the thick of it, and I am at another crossroads of my life, a crossroads that really probably began in 2011. And, you know, I've, I've shared about this, but my best friend and I just, you know, I was telling him how we were in a little town in central North Carolina called Pinehurst and, um, and we were drunk and I was sharing with him, you know, how far off my life had kind of gotten. And he was just like, you know, really sad for me, and we were giving me some advice, whatever. And a year later, he was dead. And that's when the avalanche really just, all of the ice started to fall, and I fell into that giant crevice, crevasse. Anyway, and, um, and you know, he died on May 31st, 2012, and by December of 2013, I had really blown up my life. And, um, you know, I moved out of the house in February 2014, and just, it was miserable. And then about a year later, um, I, you know, I've, I've shared about, I'm not trying to give my drunk a lots, but it's like I came into the rooms, and it did not get immediately better. But what it stopped doing was, it, it, it stopped getting a lot worse, you know, that, it, it, does that make sense? That, you know, it, it didn't get better right away. It did one like, oh, yeah, now there's money in the bank and people love me and I'm not a douchebag. You know, no, it was more just like I stopped, I stopped piling on the bad stuff and the, and the, 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 the shame inducing behavior and the, and the depressants that alcohol represents and all that. I mean, yeah. And, um, and so, you know, now, um, over the past almost five years of sobriety, um, you know, I've made a lot of changes in my life and I've, I've, I have culled, it's been an elimination diet of more than just alcohol and drugs or, you know, bad decisions. It's been an elimination diet of people who cause drama or stress, uh, who are not, really who, who, who don't belong in my life, you know, and, 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 and things, and that includes ways of life and that includes ways of living. Um, and so last spring, um, I, I had yet another, you know, sort of, there was just this unending clash that would, it would, it would be on almost like a quarterly basis. Um, I would get threatened by my ex-wife and her lawyer, and 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna divulge the terms of my divorce or anything like that, other than to say that they got everything, I gave them everything, I and and beyond, and and it was just it it was just like this you know this thing where it was like they just kept fucking with me basically. We want more, we want more, and there's you know I'm sending a giant check every month. It's it's just you know and and so and, and again I'm I'm not trying to whine too much i'm just trying to i'm trying to get to this point where i want everybody to be focused on for the holidays a little toolkit here is that you know i was like enough and i finally was able to put together a, a an arrangement that ended that relationship and those obligations forever and i called that person out of my life almost entirely i mean still the mother of my children i still have to exchange you know less than a half a dozen emails a year um, might have to see this person once more um, once or twice more in the next five years and frankly for me that's once or twice too many um, I, I I don't ever want to see that person again um, after what they did to me but um, um, wow getting negative but my point being so then I went to Italy and when I came back, and this is this is the part, is it is it, you know, I, I was having these deep soul searching moments. Fifty two years old, uh, my grandfather died in court at fifty two, you know, somewhere around that age, and 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 I just started to realize that, you know, my program and the way I wanted to be and the life I want to live are inconsistent with the life that I'm living now I'm not drinking not not being a you know going out or, or not working my program totally but just the particular field of practice that I was in um, of civil litigation representing insurance companies and these big high-profile high-stakes cases it just yeah I was very good at it and I was very successful at it but you know, it, um, it eroded, it, it was just like eating inside me. And, and I think a, a lot of this is kind of, you know, this is what I mean about the dangerous words is like, you know, I can tell you my truth. I can say what my truth is, or I can say what I think other people will say about my truth. And I can then temper it and be like, well, I know people are going to say, mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? So here are the two things that I want to focus on for the rest of this podcast. And then, you know, um, this toolkit, I'm trying to get content out every day or thereabouts to, to really kind of get, get the message out, uh, through the holidays. But here's, here's what I want you to think about. You know, if I, it, <laughs> you know, if I punch you in the face and it, I, I don't really swing that hard and I don't really try to hurt you, whatever, but I knock you out, you know, um, you know, you've, every person's got this little one inch little spot on their chin that, um, can be touched. And once it's touched, it can knock you out, you know, and, and, and maybe you've got a big, you've got a good jaw or whatever, and you can take a bunch of punches. Maybe you just get hit one time and boom, you're down, you know, but the thing is, is it like, if I knock you out and you come to, you know, it's, it's like, you know, think about it when you're, when you're trying to speak your truth, like I got knocked out, I got punched, you know, I got hurt, you know, there, there's this idea that like, well, people would say that like, you really wasn't swinging that hard, 
people will say that, you know, it didn't look that bad to me. You know, you know what I'm saying? And so, so it's like this idea that somehow your truth and the truth is, is, has got to come through this lens of what other people say or what other people think, you know, that, that if that car was speeding, you know, you saw it and it was speeding. Does it matter that someone else says it wasn't speeding? Does it matter that someone else, and this gets into gaslighting, it gets into narcissism, it gets into all kinds of like, we in the program, you know, we start to get to a place where we don't trust our own judgment, we don't trust our own eyes, we don't trust what we see, you know, they're like, don't don't believe everything you see or hear, you know, on the internet, you know, this or that, but, but you know, you get to the point where you're like, I don't, I don't even know, you know, I, I don't trust my feelings because I'm a drunk. I don't trust my my intuition or anything because everybody's told me I'm a bad guy. You know, all this, and, and, and you're just like, I don't know what to feel, you know? All I know is that, like, I was, I was standing there, and I was conscious, and the next thing I know, I'm on my butt, and I'm unconscious, and I'm coming too. Does that mean I didn't get knocked out because you say I wasn't hit hard? You see what I'm saying? So it's like that lens. This is one of the first negatives of it, this lens of other people thinking and saying that somehow your truth is not your truth or not the truth unless it is filtered through someone else who approves it or ratifies it or validates it. That's just that that is that is a false narrative that is gaslighting. That's why other people saying, other people thinking is very dangerous. You know, it's like you weren't abused as a child. What you were was just a corporal punishment of a more uh, intense style, you know, enhanced interrogation techniques. You know, this gets in a lot of we can go down a huge rabbit hole about language. You know, it's like, okay, so um, if a fist hits me in the face and it's a parent, and I'm a nine-year-old boy. Um, it, it, it does it matter what other people think or say? Does it matter if the person who's doing it was like, "Well, I was just, you know, really angry at you, you know," or I, you know? And see, that's what I'm saying. That was one of my biggest problems with my recovery, with my my path, with my therapy, with everything. Was I was I was consumed with. Would other people call it child abuse? You know, um, the, and the truth is is, 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 is I've never met a person other than the abuser who thought it was anything other than child abuse. That's what's so ironic about it is in my head, I was kind of like, well, they will say it was, you know, because the, because the other person who was my caregiver, who was my father, would say constantly, she loves you, she loves you, she loves you. Oh, she loves you. Oh, come on now. She loves you. It's not, you know, give it over it, you know, this and that. And, um, and it's like, oh, you know, I just beat your face in, but she loves you. You know, it's like, um, and, and my point was that, you know, name it and tame it, you know, and, and it's, and it's, you have to name it. You have to name it. Did it hurt? Did, then, then it doesn't matter. If someone tells you like, well, you know, they weren't swinging that hard, but they knocked you out, you got knocked out, you know, 
it's why we turn to drugs and alcohol and things like that and the try to solve that trauma because it's like you know we can't figure it out on our own or why we turn to you know extreme sports or extreme risk taking or aggressive professions like civil litigate like trials you know these incredibly intense environment and things that you're doing you know for um you know, a lot of reasons that are not your own truth. And so what will other people think? What will other people say? You know, was I abused as a child? Well, what would other people say? And it's like, you know, y your disease, your trauma, your, you know, these things that are in there trying to protect itself, you know, it, 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 it tells you, well, well, they won't say it was trauma abuse and it wasn't, you know, because, you know, and so, until you're finally able to sit with, you know, in a safe space with yourself, really, and with someone else, and to say, you know, um, yeah, you know, uh, um, you were abused, you know, and and that's a crazy thing, you know. That think about that, you know, that that it's it's like. I'm, I'm sh there's so much that's been written about this where it's like, it's like the devil, you know, like the, you know, like in the usual suspects, like the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing people he didn't exist, you know? And it's like, that's your own mind is convincing you it didn't happen. Being gaslit, gaslighting yourself through the gaslighting of others where it's like other people, you know, it's just what other people say. Oh, come on. She loves you. Oh, come on. It didn't hurt. Oh, get up. Get up, you baby. Oh, whatever. You know, and you're like, well, you know, there's a there's a story that I tell it almost. I, t I probably y'all are tired of hearing about it, but about the doctor, famous surgeon in New Orleans who choked to death, um, you know, at a doctor's dinner with like a I, I picture this like black tie awards dinner kind of thing. And the guy like is like doesn't want to make a noise. So gets up, walks to the bathroom and chokes to death in front of or with within 10 feet of 100 surgeons who could save his life and you think wow that's a powerful thing shane because it's like you know i don't want what other people what will other people say you're the doctor who threw up in front of everybody oh my god you know fuck it, it's crazy all right so let's go to part two of this thing and and, and not belabor the point um which I'm, I'm, I, they might as well name me belaborer. Anyway, I belabor, I, I rabbit hole. Anyway, um, I'm making verbs up too. And, uh, so, you know, it's, it's that part where, you know, you're not living your best life. You know, you're richer than you think. God help me remember that many ordinary moments when well lived add up to an extraordinary life. What will other people, you know, it is, it's God help me remember, not God help other people remember and then say those things to me. You're richer than you think, not you're richer than other people think you're, you know, other people think you're richer than you are. You know, no, that's the thing is, 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 and that's where my crossroads is right now. This holiday is like, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of, I can't believe you're retiring from this amazing practice you had I can't believe you're walking away from it you know I saw the thing about that quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts luck you know he's like probably in his late 20s or something and he's like this great you know Hall of Fame career to be but it hasn't quite happened 
but it's just like I can't do it anymore, you know. And then I saw that that Gronkowski guy is like 29 years old, and he sounds punch drunk, you know. And he's like, I can't do it anymore. You know, people, go, well, you're you're so good, you could win another Super Bowl. What will other people say? Oh my God, you know, oh you're a quitter. You know, what will other people think? And so there is a time and a place for everything of what will other people think and say in terms of like when you're about to do something that could harm other people or that is shame-inducing or dishonorable or things, you know, hey, you know, like uh, societal norms are good. But for the most part, for us in the program, what other people think, fuck them. You know what I mean? You know, it doesn't matter if other people in the rooms are tired of hearing you uh, share. Share anyway. It doesn't matter if you relapsed and, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm embarrassed to go pick up a white chip. Fuck that. Why are you embarrassed? The program works. Go go pick up the white chip. Fuck what I think. Fuck advice giving. Fuck opinionated, opinion giving. Sorry to be cursing so much, but I'm obviously getting excited about this. But that's the point. Is if you're worried about what will all the other people in this room, all these other drunks who I don't even know their last name, you know, these anonymous drunks, most of whom are probably not, you're never going to see again, you know, what will they think if I pick up a white chip? I've got all these years, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years, I was sober and I went out. Oh, what will they think? What will they say? I won't be a leader in the community. Well, you're, you know what? You went out, pick up a white chip. Fly your flag, you know? What will other people think? It doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter what other people say. It's none of our business, you know? That's why, you know, that's the thing is those people as a collective or this like amorphous sort of negative uh um, what was that thing? The matrix, you know, the matrix out there. It's like, you know, it's like, are, are, would any really individual person really be like, you know, I, I don't think you should retire. I don't think you should pick up a white chip. Think about that. Don't do it. Yeah. They're going to be one or two people out there, but most of them individually would be like, fuck yeah, dude, that's awesome. Oh my God, pick up a white chip. Yes. We're so glad you're back, you know? Um, but it's this collective kind of like gossip, you know? I mean, God, think about how, how toxic gossip is. It's, it's like, it's like what will other people think manifested in a, in a being. And, um, and so, you know, I really want to, I want to just name it and tame it. I'm having a lot of these insecurities and fears and anxieties because I'm worried about what other people will think and what other people will say about me closing down my law firm and saying, you know what, I'm done. I mean, I've done that. I've done that. I fired all my clients at the end of September. I told them all. I told the good ones, it's been nice knowing you. I told the bad ones, they can go fuck themselves. You know, but at the end of the day, it was time to walk away from this. It was not healthy for me. It was not, I didn't, I didn't respect myself. I didn't respect, you know, it was just so, it, it, it was so, you know, I, I don't want to get into it too much because I, I, I'll, it will be a wine and cheese party. And also, I just want to maintain my confidentiality and, and things like that. So, you know, all I can say is that, you know, there's, it's like, 
there, it, it's like it's in the movies, you know, where, where it's like once upon a time you were this fresh-faced soldier, you know, and you're like believing in the cause. And then, you know, 25 years later, you're just like, this is the wrong war, you know. And, um, and I think Lieutenant Colonel or Colonel David Hackworth talks about this in the book About Face. Um, where it's like Vietnam, you know, where he's like, look, I served in World War II, Korea, you know, like this is, uh, this is not the right way to go. So um, where does this leave us? What will other people think? What will other people say? You know, those are the most dangerous words in our lexicon because they prevent you from naming the truth, from identifying, from being, from, 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 from honoring the truth. You know, think about that. That was my point one was the lens. Am I an alcoholic? Well, other people say I don't drink that much. You know, okay, well, you know, <laughs> no, it's it's your truth. And then the second part is, it. you know, that, that proudly honoring an extraordinary life, an extraordinary, ordinary life, you know, proudly honoring that. When you, when it's what will other people think? What will other people say? Then then it's like it's it's only ordinary if they say so. It's only extraordinary if they say so. And that's the problem because what you end up doing is not honoring your truth, not following your path. Don't let that happen. Especially don't let it take you down this holiday season. You know what will other people think? I was hoping you would be the president of the United States by now. You know, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I was told how, how you know, uh, by the same person, I, you know, I would be told, like, I'm funny looking, I'm all this. But at the same time, you're so pretty, you're so handsome, you know, you should be on TV. Like, all these things that, like, because you're not Tom fucking Brokaw or George fucking Clooney in an actor, you know, you're just a, you know, a very successful trial lawyer, you know, that, that you're some kind of goddamn failure or whatever. And I know that is not unique to me, you know, but it's like this idea that it's like, you, you know, what will other people think? What will other people say? And it's like, you know, you start thinking like, well, I don't, that, 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 that bottle puts that cotton in your ears and the marbles in your mouth. So what, what they say and that you just can't think, you can't hear it. No, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to find your truth and stay sober, a sober, loving, wholehearted, serene truth. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will, we, are going, we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. 
They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. God, if it is your will, please help me and all those sick and suffering inside and outside the rooms. Please help us to name and tame our disease, our anxieties, but also to find and honor and nurture our truth, our truth, your truth, God, not other people's truths, not other people's versions of our truth, not other people's thoughts and sayings about our truth. Help us to ignore that. Help us to cleanse our truth from the lens of other people's truths or, or editorial of our truth. In your name, amen.